Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Dr. Trina Clayu. She's the CEO at Given Hour. Dr. Clayu, welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. So Dr. Clayu, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, as you said, I'm the CEO of Given Hour. Um, I'm actually a West Coaster living on the East Coast now. Um, and we are headquartered in DC, but I actually uh, live in North Carolina. Um, I, as I said, being a, a West Coaster, I um, went to school all in like Spokane, Washington. Um, so I got a doctoral degree at Gonzaga in leadership studies. So many people think that I am a clinician. I always want to dispel that you on this conversation, you are the only MSW. Um, uh, but it really um, was a transformational kind of time for me and um, to be able to really focus on leadership and, and what that means. And now the applicability in the work that I do uh, running a nonprofit. Um, and I would say um, a lot of my work just in the past has been in this, you know, social entrepreneur space, working with individuals of low wealth, individuals um, in affordable housing, and the underpinning of like all the work that I've done is this unaddressed, unmet mental health um, need. Mm -hmm. And it, it just ended up being a, a perfect transition into this role. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So you mentioned that, you know, Given Hour was a nonprofit. You sounds like you've had a really interesting journey getting to Given Hour. Talk to me a little bit more, you know, about what Given Hour does. Yeah, so we're a national uh, mental health organization that provides um, free, barrier free mental health care to populations um, affected by human made trauma. And what I think is so interesting about that is that it's really not a lexicon that we use in talking about natural, everybody knows what natural disaster is, but when you talk about human made trauma, there's so much nuance that's involved in that. And so it really became an area where um, just through our experience working, we were originally founded in 2005 um, to provide this type of service, um, mental health services to military members and veterans. Mm -hmm. Back in 2005, nobody was talking about mental health, and certainly it wasn't being discussed in the military um, space. And so it was really this brainchild of like, people need mental health care and they need access to care. We need to destigmatize that care. And then probably about 10 years ago, we really started saying like, this is a national thing. Well, this is a global thing for sure, but this is definitely a national, um, and, and as you probably think now it's a, it's a national crisis mm -hmm. where we don't have, we have at 50, about 52 million people who need mental health care. Mm -hmm. And we have half a, half of that or half a million therapists, 569,000 therapists. That's why I'm trying to recruit you right now in this conversation, <laughs> but you, you have a half a million therapists uh, who are licensed to provide that care. We just have a numbers issue. And so our role is both on the education side and really taking a community-based approach to mental health care, and then also being able to provide the clinical services for individuals um, who are not being able to access that mental health care. Yeah, really interesting. So you talked about human-made trauma, about the support for, you know, military spouses, you know, military members. What are some of the other, you know, human-made trauma, um, you know, kind of issues that Given Hour is able to tackle, you know, in its specialties? 
Absolutely. So military service, definitely one of them. Um, the other is interpersonal violence. Um, and what I think the interesting look at that is, is looking at interpersonal violence, again, kind of broadly in terms of just interrelational violence, um, both perpetrators of violence and um, survivors of violence, and really taking an approach that if we don't address the underpinning mental health, that people, even who have perpetrated violence, um, have witnessed and experienced, um, and, and it's been unmet, we're never going to be able to break that cycle of violence. Interpersonal can also be um, human trafficking. Um, we work in the area of romance scams and, and sextortions, where we have individuals in, in these types of crimes, or these, I'm sorry, it's these types of um, situations, in, there's so much shame involved. And so accessing mental health care for, for many, one isn't economically available for some. Um, and then on the other side, there's just so much shame to it. So really a lot of the work is to bring the, um, uh, bring services to individuals and have it feel really customized, not artificial and sterile, but like it was built for you. Um, we also look at addiction, certainly opioid addiction um, is another area that uh, we do work in. Um, and mass violence has been a big part of um, the work we've been doing over the last about five years. We've, um, we have a whole program in Southern California from the Las Vegas uh, shooting in 2017. Yeah. It was place-based, so most of the resources went to Vegas, but 65% of the people who attended the concert were actually from Southern California. And so it spanned eight counties there. And so we started a, up a program there to help those survivors in several years after the actual incident. And then 13 months later in Southern California, there was another shooting at Borderline Bar and Grill where 13 people were killed. And we were able to, all, since we already had a response there, really bring the survivors of that um, event in. And so now we're doing some work in Uvalde. We're doing some work in Tulsa. Um, all around survivors and healing and having a really customized, connected approach to um, to healing individuals, but also communities. Yeah, yeah. Such an impactful mission that and, you know, certainly a, a need that is in the in the environment today, yeah. you know, both with all of all of the mass shootings going on, you know, the trauma, the human made trauma, it's it's certainly become more of an emphasis on mental health over the coming years. So it sounds like Given Hour has been really able to step in and, you know, provide support for these people. So you mentioned, you know, being in Tulsa, you mentioned being in Uvalde. Do you, is it, is it only in-person services or is it, you know, remote services to that that's offered through Given Hour? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that, you know, it's, it's so customizable. We have therapists in our network in all 50 States and Puerto Rico and so we have options for both. So in Uvalde, as an example, they have an entire resiliency center, a really, really great response in Uvalde. And there are individuals who maybe weren't directly involved mm -hmm. who are impacted. Mm -hmm. And so you have a community that, again, has layers of tragedy. Mm -hmm. And so having um, several of our uh, volunteer therapists who are licensed in Texas actually make the trek back and forth. And they made a pop-up clinic in the library for people to walk in and, um, and get care. And some of it is that it's triggering other things. Some of it is there's not a lot of access. You know, a lot of the mental health therapists are, are really um, vectored towards survivors mm -hmm. and the, the families were immediately um, um, impacted. And so uh, we have both. And so um we have an in-person presence there and we have options to bring in therapists from across yeah. Texas to do yeah. that. 
but you also have like broadband challenges. You have, you know, there's some, the, some of the areas that have been impacted are rural. So you really have to get creative that the biggest part is making it available in a way that feels like it belongs to the community. And so we do try to work on the ground with therapists who can get a feel for the community, be in it, be working in it. But also there are times in some of the work that we do where a virtual option, like certainly after COVID, when we were running Route 91, which is the Las Vegas incident, um, where moving to virtual, we were actually able to impact more individuals because we had a less of a place-based um, uh, therapeutic services. But when we do in person, we also bring our therapy dogs and we bring um, other supports and, and we have peer supporters are, you know, and we put a lot of emphasis on the healing power of lived experience. And so we have both. It, it really ends up being kind of the flavor of what the community wants and needs and being responsive to that. Yeah. How does one get in contact with Given Hour? So say, is it referral based? Like are they able to reach out on their own? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So generally it's, it's referral based because some people self-refer, which is generally what we would see, um, unless it's more in, you know, to not get in the weeds, but more programmatic where like a, um, a tol- uh, I'm sorry, a Uvalde would be, which is you're working more about groups of, of individuals and not necessarily as much individual. I mean, we have individual available, but the healing work, much of it is in, as you well know, is, is connecting to other people. And so creating those spaces where people can connect. Mm-hmm. And for many, it ends up being a catalyst for a different level of purpose, a different, um, we have uh, two staff members um, of ours who both have lived experience with those incidents. One was involved in two of the mass violence incidents and one lost his daughter in borderline. And the level of connectivity that they have to a community that's been harmed, um, I mean, you you can't, you really just can't ask for more. And what it does is that immediate connection really brings people into options that work for them. And so then we can offer the individual or group, but, um, you know, people can self-refer, but we tend to work within the community as much as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you tend to see trends in, you know, who works with Given Hour or, you know, who are your clients? Do you see trends or anything like that? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I sometimes I feel like, and I think all nonprofits feel this way, is like, you know, you feel like you're like this, you know, uh, well-known, uh, uh, reputable secret. Um, I would say it's, it's really a combination. I mean, it, a lot of it ends up being word of mouth, you know, people who've worked with us in Las Vegas, as an example, have been doing the introductions to individuals in Uvalde. And then from Uvalde, you might get an introduction to Tulsa. And so it's a lot of reputation based, I would say. Um, When I think about, and and some of it is forging new paths. I mean, honestly, the the work that we do with um, uh, romance scams, like survivors of romance scams and sextortion, Mm-hmm. That was that's just an unmet need. We have all these uh, pl- police agencies and and individual families who've had these traumas, and there's no resource there. There people aren't being trained necessarily as a social worker on a very specific type of trauma, mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can. I mean, there's just almost nothing you can do. There's not a support system out there that's already built. It's really piecing it together, and so we saw that as an unmet need and went to um, a, um, a potential funder and came with the idea to say, if you would actually invest in this and be a partner in it, 
we could learn a lot and we could provide a level of service that can be sustained because we build people, we connect people together, put a clinical um, uh, uh, therapist in with that group, not to lead it, but to support it. Mm -hmm. And then really have people connect at a, a visceral level that can be sustained on. And that's where the real healing happens. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So kind of going, going off of that point, Dr. Clay, do you see any misconceptions in the mental health field more often than not that you kind of work to debunk more often than, than not? Well, I, th I think overall, there's just still so much stigma. It's changed a lot. And the conversation has changed a lot. Um, I think that people will talk generally about, oh yeah, good mental health, you got to have it. But when it comes to you individually, I think there's still a level of fear and vulnerability that it's going to, um, it's going to open up places that you don't want to open. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's for other people. I think that's another one that we hear a lot is like, well, I mean, my trauma is not as bad as someone else's. And so why would I go to therapy and somebody else can't get, can't access it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you kind of have like the trauma comparisons about, you know, who has it not as bad or who has it worse. Um, I think there's a lot of stigma in, in, you know, that's culturally based. Um, as well. I, I know, uh, and again, for um, finding uh, therapists uh, that are diverse and have diverse experiences is really challenging. Um, not um, finding our individuals who are comfortable, uh, you know, a lot of times men really struggle with, you know, reaching out and, and the mental health implications tend to look different for men, the way it's a little bit more externally based where women tend to turn in a little more on themselves. Um, and so we, yeah, I would say we have a ton of misconceptions and because mental health is so hard to access. And that's some, one of the things that we want to help um, alleviate, which is we want to make mental health accessible to anyone and everyone. And to, if you make it really community-based, you have everyone who's taking a role in mental health in supporting themselves and supporting others. So it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, everything has to be done with a therapist. Actually, we could do a lot as communities um, to take care of ourselves and take care of others. Yeah, yeah. I certainly agree with the stigmas behind, you know, mental health. And I think that the conversation has been changing, just like you said. Um, but, you know, it's still, it's an everyday push to try to try to combat those stigmas, try to combat, you know, the 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 self hate talk you know the the hate hate language things like that so i think that's a really good point that you raised so you know dr trina if people wanted to learn more about um given hour where would they where would they go to learn more yeah yeah so um we're um givenhour.org mm -hmm. um so that's like the entry place in um and so you can you know if you want to become a provider there's a place to become a provider we actually offer our providers um a lot of continuing education credits and trainings last year i think we did 17 trainings and and 13 edu and so you know how important continuing education credits are we underwrite those with our mm -hmm. wonderful donors and and um uh, grantors to make that available to our therapists as being part of our network. Um, and so, and then if you're looking for care or you're interested in um, partnering, mm -hmm. uh, it would all be in the same spot. So going to the website is a great place mm -hmm. uh, and to get in contact with us. That's great. That's great. So Dr. Clay, as we wrap up this conversation, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with either about given hour, about the you know, mental health space industry, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, it touches, as you know, it touches 
everybody's lives in every way. And so there's not a space or place where mental health is not um, useful to pay attention to where it can't be improved. Um, and I, I think that's the biggest takeaway is that we have to address mental health at a community level. Um, we, I mean, we are absolutely in a crisis. We are in a mental health crisis. I don't see a, um, a light at the end of this tunnel at this point, if we don't start investing time and resources, and it's going to take our, our community partners, our corporate partners to really work at building a system of care. And I think that's one of the things that we want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great, great note to leave, to leave our listeners with. Well, Dr. Clay, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you being able to talk to me about the human made trauma that, that given hour is able to tackle all of the different work that you've been doing across the national, you know, on the national stage. And I just think this was a really great episode and I appreciate you being on business ninjas today. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.